0: Lord, we are here. May we be conscious of your presence here with us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. May be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Look at all these shiny, happy faces. I'm so happy. I look around, see some familiar faces back. I see some new faces And it's wonderful. I hope that you all had a beautiful Thanksgiving. Um, Today, as you should know, is the first Sunday of Advent, right? This is Advent, where for the next four weeks we are going to do a couple things. One is to prepare ourselves um, to prepare our hearts for the um, for Christ to be born in us anew. Um, But we're in this process number two of waiting. And so while we're waiting, um, we're waiting with some anticipation. So I look to you and I encourage you as we begin our process in the Advent, um, as you wait for Christmas, um, let this be a time and a space um, for Christ to be born in you anew again in a different way. Uh, maybe more a fuller way, or whatever it may be for you. Um, May your heart be prepared as you wait, but wait for Christ's coming to be born in you anew. That's my prayer for myself for the next four weeks. Be born in me anew. Now, the plea for God's presence that we just read in Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, my God, I put my trust in you. Let me never be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. That prayer will indeed be answered during this process. It'll be answered by the baby that is born in Bethlehem as we retell the story over and over again. But as we retell this story, especially this time of Advent, we're caught up in the promises of new life and God indeed with us. That's really important because Advent doesn't necessarily begin with a holly, jolly, merry, and a cup of cheer, right? Um, Or the swaddling clothes and twinkling stars and fleecy lambs and all of those things. No, no. Advent begins in a season of darkness before the light actually comes. So today's readings and our lessons... We do have anticipation and we have hope and we have some promises. But before we begin, Jesus is like quoting Bruce Springsteen to his disciples, right? Greg, you're a New Jersey guy, right? And he begins with warning his disciples that there's this darkness on the edge of town. Now, they had just left the temple. Greg preached on this. Father Greg preached on this a couple weeks ago. Uh, he preached the Marks, Mark version and he didn't give me his notes so I have to use the Luke version but Jesus was predicting though when they were looking and marveling at the temple um, he predicted the destruction of the temple he predicted wars and earthquakes and famines and plagues and betrayals that describes the end of the world and the signs that will accompany that ending it was a prophecy in some ways of end times what it's going to look like and he says, when all of these things go down, right? We call that the Apocalypse or Armageddon. You know, you've probably read some of those books. They're not very good, so I don't, I don't recommend them. But left behind. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> My dear brother got me 12 copies of the whole series one year. He goes, well, you're in seminary. I thought you would love these things. I'm like, oh, well. We see this Armageddon, this end times, this apocalypse wasn't just purely about the future. It was also about the present. And what Jesus was doing is he was talking to his disciples. He was was encouraging them, hey, stay awake. Even these things are going to go down. Stay awake. Wake up. and, And be reminded about who you are and whose you are. That I am here with you and for you. And as I come back to judge the world you know, trust, trust my presence with you. And Jesus says to them, there will be signs. There will be signs. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Aren't you guys glad you came to church today? All right? Now, you know, but it's true. And it strikes me as I read this text that it doesn't take... Plagues and earthquakes and famines and all these world affairs to make us, though, have fear or this foreboding or whatever. Because, in fact, I think facing significant hardships um, like the death of a loved one or maybe a medical diagnosis... Uh, Or a traumatic experience or a violation or betrayal of some sort. Or this crazy pandemic, right? Um, Or maybe even um, our understanding of God, you know? Or maybe at one time you felt like you were close to God, but then God seems to be absent or whatever. It doesn't take all these worldly affairs to make us feel this way because in our own lives we can often feel like the world itself has fallen apart even though it's just our own little private world Um, But it can feel like our own private world has been shattered. And in these times of acute anxiety and survival, nothing seems secure, nothing seems safe. Even our trust in all the good things of God and the things above, if you will. All that we lean on in our faith can feel shaken when these upheavals in our lives come being overwhelmed causes a number of different responses within us especially if we're waiting for things to change some people succumb to apathy right some others to cynicism or fear or uh, uh, denial despair some want to control the situation you know when things are going upside down in our lives we ultimately are trying to hold on and control it. And there's that old saying that, you know, as we let go, we sometimes leave claw marks, right? You know? Um, And then some of us, though, just try to numb out our pain, whether it's through a substance or through relationships or through work or whatever. We're just trying... To not feel that and make it go away and fix it. So the day's gospel is not just a story about Jesus and his disciples. It's really about us. We all have advent stories, stories about a day in our life that was changed and we felt like our world was ending. Now I've shared this with you before, you know. But in my own life, uh, three days after I was ordained, the walls of my temple came crushing down on top of me and let me just say the whole world as i understood it as i und- as i prepared for everything in my life the carpet was ripped out from under me job family home absolutely everything it was definitely perhaps the most dark time of my and you know, when you're laying under the rubble of the temple, it's dark. It's really, really dark. It was an end time in my life that I had not prepared for. I wasn't staying awake, as Jesus said. You know, life is a series of end times, of death, of loss. Whether it's, it can be a family, someone we love, it can be a loss of of. Like, for example, retirement. You know, when we have these losses in our lives, there's grief. And any kind of change we have is often um, associated, there's loss. And sometimes loss can feel devastating. You know what I'm talking about? Life is a series of feelings about these end times anxiety expectations waiting reflection hoping screaming out to God you know help right when you see these things Jesus says when these end times come into our lives Jesus says don't turn away don't hide don't don't try to run from it he says face it why why because it's only when we're laying there in the rubble and it's dark and we name the reality of our lives, that's when we stop hiding. That's when we stop pretending. That's when we can let go. When we can acknowledge our pain and our suffering or our fear or our hurt or whatever may be going on inside our hearts. It's there that we raise our heads and in that rubble, sometimes the light really does come in. It does. The light comes. And it's there that we can begin to experience the nearness of God breaking into the darkness of our world. God, comes for us God always comes for us always now when these things begin to take place Jesus says stand up raise your heads because what's happening something's happening your redemption is drawing near you know as I laid beneath that rubble I didn't know that redemption was drawing near, as a matter of fact I thought my life was over. As a matter of fact sometimes the pain was so deep inside me and the darkness was so great, I honestly wanted someone just to put me out of my misery, you know, take me out back and when I turn my head just, you know, I don't know, shoot me or something. Right? I wanted the pain to end. I wanted to be out of it. Salvation is not because I'm optimistic. It's not because I can work my way out of a tight spot or think positively or brighten up. Jesus says when these things happen, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, the season of waiting, the season of darkness will come to an end. Because he says God is going to act. Your redemption, he says is drawing near. Did you hear that? Jesus says your redemption is drawing near. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of poverty and oppression, and in the midst of our own personal losses in this crazy pandemic, we can raise our heads, we can look for the light, we can look for the Lord, because he is indeed there and near the whole tenor of Advent is that God will indeed act in us. He will act in us and through us and beyond us more than we could ever imagine because newness, something new is being birthed among us. Something new is being birthed in us. We tend to think of endings as sad or bad or not otherwise good. And if you're in one of those situations that's ending and you don't like it, it feels really, really bad. But The word that we use in the Scriptures, evangelong, um, it means good news. But you know, that word comes from a place... Um, when they used it, it meant good news of the end of a battle. That's how they announced it. It was called good news. And so they would come back into the towns and to the villages announcing good news that the war's over, that the battle's over, that it ceased. It was used to mean that things have drawn to a close. We can breathe again. It was an announcement of a conclusion, right? That's what that was all about. So that's where you get the word good news and evangelist. Good news, you know, like there's something great happening, and there's something great that's happened in me, and I want to share that good news with you, just like I do a good sushi restaurant, right, or a good movie. See, good news carries within it a definite ending. So, when Jesus is promising the end of an error, he is again bringing good news so what looks dark to all these disciples that day jesus was announcing something profound he's saying hey i'm coming back i will be back i'll be back right and he's there to judge and he's coming so when it all goes down don't worry he says don't worry about what you what you will say or what you I will speak through you right you will these guys were oppressed these guys were persecuted they all eventually were killed all of them and yet Jesus says I am your hope and I am your life our hope is not based on chances that things will get better or go back to like they were or in what we might do, but our hope is based on what God will do. Our hope is built on the promise that whatever happens, when there's nothing you can do, when you are without resources of any kind, when the darkness floods over you and you stand hopeless before it, when you have nothing left, no defense, no power to fight back, no shred of hope in anything that you can do, Jesus says, stay awake. Be alert. Stand on guard. Lift up your eyes. Look for the light in the darkness. Lift up your eyes to the Lord and stand face to face to Him. Because the light is coming for the one who is and was and the one to come, who is our redemption, is drawing near. And there's no hope truer, more sure, and more real than this promise. This is Advent. It may be dark. But the light is coming. God is coming in this child. He's coming. The light is coming. The light is coming. May He be born in us new. Amen Thanks for listening If you liked today's message please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Saint Orlando Until next time, remember God loves you with a love you did not earn And therefore, you can never lose.